Hello, this is Pam Electric Ghost. Is this Luna? Hi, this Hi. is Luna. How are you? Good. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a brief little intro. Uh, Pam Electric Ghost, we interview indie artists from all around the world. Uh, we've been doing it since 2018, and now we have Luna on the line. And so you're from um, Los Angeles, right? That's where you are I'm, right now? Yes, I'm in L.A. right now. So you're a pop singer-songwriter, and you, uh, based on your bio, you're in- heavily influenced by 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, like uh, retro pop? Yeah, um, retro part of my sound. I also do dark pop. Um, one thing that people I, you know, will get to know about me as I continue to release music is that I have very split personalities. On one end, I am a party pop songwriter. But on the other end, I'm also a very <laughs> emo, raw, emotional songwriter as well. So my music is very based on duality, dark and light. And that's the whole message behind who I am as an artist and my brand as well. Yeah, because you're, you're mixing multiple genres. You have like hip hop, indie rock, electronic, you got that dark pop. But then if you look at the list of your influences, you had Lana Del Rey, Madonna, Stevie Nicks, Lady Gaga, Gwen Stefani, Selena, Rihanna, Cher, and Amy Winehouse. So that's very, like, that, that's a good set of influences. <laughs> it gives oh, it, yeah. it a lot of different directions <laughs> you can go with that. Oh, definitely. And um, I, I grew up listening to all sorts of music. And that's, up to this point, has been, I would say, a blessing and a curse. It's been a little hard to hone in my sound because... I am so influenced by mm-hmm. artists and genres, you know, from, I grew up listening to Depeche Mode and The Cure. Oh, um, you're, you're, you're. And then I went, <laughs> oh yeah, super, super dark. Well, I'm a keyboardist, <laughs> so like, I'm, a, I'm a new romantic, new wave keyboardist, you know, so like when you bring up Depeche Mode, New Order, like Joy Division, those are bands that I like, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, New New Order. Yeah. And Duran, Flock yeah. of Seagulls. I, I love all that. Um, yeah. I, I grew up listening to that style of music with my dad. And then I had my mom who was more into Madonna and Cher and Cyndi Lauper. So I got I got both ends of the spectrum when it comes to making. I think, that's, I think that's very good because I think it's good to be cross genre because then you can create new material. You can you can take all those influences and then you create something new. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally in the business of bringing back the '80s sound and making it modern and incorporating the '80s sound with you know some contemporary hip hop elements and um, you know I also listen to Rihanna so a little bit more of the hip hop side I got into as I got a little older mm-hmm. um, so I, I really would love to create a new interpretation of old music. Yeah, because I'm 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 a, I go even older because you know I come I come from a period of I grew up in the '70s listening to vinyl and eight tracks and uh, you know bands like Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer uh, are like my original influences you know like guys like you know Funkadelic Parliament Parliament Funkadelic Sun Ra mm-hmm. you know Miles Davis so those are the kind of bands that I really keyed in on as an artist so that kind of gives you like a wide berth. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, that's good though yeah <laughs> good. well yeah i'm a big proponent of like analog and hardware sense which are coming back because bands like new order and the cure 
in Depeche Mode, they used Mogues, they used Prophets, they used Jupiter 8s. So those things actually, those devices, those hardware synths create that sound. And even if you get the plugins, the real synths, which I've come back and all the companies are back into doing polyphonic analog and modular, which I think is really cool because if you're into that period, those iconic synths, CS80s, Prophet 5s, Jupiter 8s, Mini modes. I mean, that's what made that sound. Oh yeah, and um, I personally, I am just a singer. I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and say that I am the most tech savvy person when it comes to being behind the boards as a producer or an engineer. Mm -hmm. But I do hang around a lot of producers. I am affiliated with a collective called Producer Social, and um, a lot of those guys are producers and very much into the analog sound and. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with a company called Strange Electronic, and they're really pushing the the Euro rack movement and the modular yeah. sound yeah. and incorporating light and all that. And so, though I personally don't know how to work it, I have a strong appreciation for it because I love the sound, and I just happen to have homies who are you know invested in that movement. It's it's really fun. I I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's really good to, for, for young people to understand that electronic music is, you know, I understand hip hop artists and EDM artists, they, they live in their soft sense and their pro tools, but the heart of electronic music came from those original analog instruments. And uh, I think a lot of people in Europe and all over the world are starting to realize that if you go back to those machines, you can really create really unique music. But yeah, it looks like you, you've been working toward your EP, which is coming out this winter, which is called This Must Be Love, right? Yes, This this Must Be Love is, is my baby. It is a child that I have been trying to raise for a very long time. And um, I'm very excited to announce that it will be out in late November. I haven't set an official launch date yet as my team and I are, you know, we're still figuring out some things on the marketing end, but it will be out in late November, either right before or right after Thanksgiving. And it's a five song EP. All the songs were produced by a really talented LA based producer who goes by the name dead friend. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very much as a life story. It's based on real life experiences and it's a journey. Um, it's intended to be listened to, from track one to track five in, in sequence. And I really hope that everyone who listens to it gets the message. So it's like a full, that you actually, like one of the things I talked to artists, I had, I had an interview last night and we were talking about like, when you do an album, the reason, you know, the reason you should do an album or EP is because it should have like a theme. And so it sounds like you're, you're doing that. And I, it kind of goes back to the original kind of album oriented, musicians were like the Beatles, you know, Sergeant Peppers created the whole change back in the sixties from just doing singles to actually having themed albums, even though Sergeant Pepper doesn't have a theme that you can immediately, you know, key in on like, like Pink Floyd, the wall or something. It, the theme is basically psychedelic and it, all the songs kind of flow together. And so it seems like, you know, artists that go on the direction of doing an album you know, they kind of owe it to the Beatles to go back to that time that that's where this, you know, that whole format comes from. So it, it's interesting because it's like reading a novel, like a sonic novel. 
that's the way I look at it when somebody does an album that has a theme. But Oh yeah. And I, I'm very influenced. I mean, as we talked about, I'm very influenced by music of the past. I, I'm a student of all different eras of music, but specifically, you know, the time of the Beatles and from then on where music started to have a little bit more of an impact in popular culture. And, um, you know, I, I strongly believe that it's important to have a message. And one of the things that I wanted to do with this project was I wanted to break out into the music industry with a clear message on who I am, where I come from, what I stand for, and what I hope my music is able to offer fans and listeners all over the world. Um, so yeah, This Must Be Love is very much a mini album or, you know, a, based on a concept of discovering what love is in various phases. And um, in this particular album, I, my dad passed away this year in February, and that was my first experience ever losing somebody mm -hmm. um, in a way where they would never come back. And I also have obviously, you know, a relationship with my dad where your parents are among the first people that you experience love from and learn what love is through. And so this, this album or this EP rather is very much um, <clears throat> based on the five stages of grief. And you'll kind of see that as you listen to each song, it goes from, you know, the first stage where you're isolating yourself and, coming to terms with the fact that something tragic happened and then you move towards anger and then there's the bartering and then there's the depression but the acceptance and you, at the end by the end of this must be love you realize that love can be whatever you want and it is always different from person to person and your relationship with somebody and the way you love them may be different your love is not always the same and that's kind of what I learned and that's a big part of the message that I want to share is that there's no one definition of love. It's different for everybody and that's okay. Yeah. That, that it's really cool that to, to see an artist in this age of this people doing playlists and, you know, singles that are kind of unrelated to actually have, you know, a theme like that. And it's deep that you put taking like the tip, the classic singer songwriter, um, you know, motif, you like Carol King, Bob Dylan, you know, Neil Diamond, they, they would put a lot of their soul and their own story into their music. Um, and, and that sounds like what you're doing. That, that's always a good route. I think that's really cool for your debut to go that way. Um, Thank you. And <clears throat> the question I also had was that your um, de dead friend producer produced your boyfriend for the night. Is that part of this project or is that just a separate single? Uh, yeah, he did produce that. And it was the first record that we collaborated on together. It was kind of our, our introduction to what each other's all about. So um, I, I was in the process of rebranding. And I think he was kind of a little bit in the same scope as I was where he was producing for another artist for the first time. So we really wanted this first song to be something fun. It is not necessarily related to the EP in any way other than the theme of my music, <laughs> the theme of Boyfriend for the Night, that's the more flirty retro pop side of me. Yeah. Uh, whereas This Must Be Love is a little deeper, but... Yeah, it didn't seem like it would fit in the, what you just said. So it seemed like it was like a separate project. Yeah, it's definitely a separate project. But when you see the big picture of all the music that I'm about to put out, you'll see how 
okay, yeah, boyfriend for the night was definitely the precursor to everything else that she's really well, a precursor seen. to you're working with the same in person the producer, right? Dead friend oh, is, yeah. is the producer, so you get a, a, a preview of at least that style, even though he might, you know, it sounds like it's different for what you're doing, it's like a deeper, heavier um, kind of vibe going on. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so I saw that you also played the Whiskey A Go-Go and, you know, being a, a, a big purveyor of um, classic music, that's a big venue. I mean, that's a historic venue that a lot of people that know music history know what, what it means, like CBGBs or, you know, in, in like any of the great uh, music theaters. Um, so how was that when you did that? Wow. Well, I mean, honestly, it was a dream come true to be able to put that as the first venue that I ever performed at. Um, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my debut as a solo artist coming out singing all my own solo songs uh, with my new sound and my new team. Um, so it, it was one, a dream come true. Two, I was just beside myself I, I could yeah. not believe that that opportunity even presented itself to me in the first place especially since as soon as you walk through those doors you just feel the history in the room like you feel the ghosts of rockers past just like there yeah. all the great yeah, the tons of great artists played there it's like you know cbgb's in new york and like i'm close to i mean I, I live in new england so cbgb's is like where all the indie rockers, you know, all the indie bands want to play CBGBs because that's just like, like that's it, that's it, you know. But there's a lot of other places yeah. in New York that are at the same level. But um, yeah, I can understand that because that's the kind of you know, that's the kind of impact that place has. So I think yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and it's really cool that's that you very, got there. I mean, it's awesome. I'm very fortunate enough to be able to return. Um, I just found out last night that I will be playing the Whiskey a Go Go again on november 13th um great we, yeah. we can push that we can push that on our podcast we'll just put a little note that you're doing that oh thank you yes i would love for everybody to know that i'll, I'll be there again performing at nine what date is that what date is that november 13th i believe it's a wednesday cool. let's write that down <laughs> um yeah because we can actually put your hyperlinks uh into embedded into the podcast so, like, one of the cool things about Anchor, we're, we're actually part of Spotify. So, we um, we actually put out our podcast on Spotify and 11 other platforms, including Apple and Radio Public and all these other ones. And so, this podcast gets produced. It's not live right now, but as soon as we finish, it goes and migrates to all those podcast sites. Oh, very cool. And then we, and then we can put hyperlinks. And then we have full integration with Instagram and spotify in that the highlight can point to this episode on spotify and so when we put the highlight onto our instagram the family electric ghost expansive um, sound experiments um instagram people can click on the highlight for this episode and it'll go right to the podcast on spotify oh very and cool. you can you yeah and you can do the same thing if you have a spotify account and you go into the podcast for this episode you can create a highlight that will link it Nice. So I'll definitely make sure to put this on my Spotify account, on my artist profile. Yeah, it's pretty cool that we can do this. But um, yeah, we've been doing over the time, we have a bunch of questions. I know we don't, you're, you're kind of pressed for time, but we usually stretch out. We talk to people for like like an hour. But um, when did you first get into music? Like what age? Well, um, I, I took guitar lessons when I was about 
13 years old, around the eighth grade, and it didn't really go too far. I had to make a decision whether I wanted to be an athlete or a musician, and at the time, being an athlete seemed to have a more promising future for me. Um, but lo and behold, I, you know, after getting a softball scholarship and going to college to do the whole thing, I ended up getting hurt. And wow. while I was in college, I couldn't play anymore. <laughs> so I ended up taking that opportunity to take some electives and switch my major to creative writing. And, you know, I, I took a couple songwriting classes. I took a um, intro to digital production class and my first set of vocal lessons and from then on I was like yep this this is what I need to do so it was around it was in college when I first started getting myself into music but my career itself didn't actually um begin until 2016 I, I started off in a house music duo with my best friend who goes by DJ Firefly and we were doing the live set thing for about a year and then from then on, I just I realized that I had a talent for songwriting and performing, and it, it's what I wanted to do full time for the rest of my life. And so, in 2017, I was like, "All right, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to do the solo thing." And from then until now, I've just really been working on honing my craft, writing, writing songs, collaborating with people, getting as much exposure as possible, and really just been working towards where I'm at right now. <laughs> so this is this end of the year is kind of the culmination It's the fruit of all my labor up to this point. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited and very fortunate and grateful. So when you write a song, uh, do you write you know, like do you have a home studio? Do you use like a DAW? Do you just use an acoustic guitar? I mean, how, how do you as a singer songwriter, how do you approach creating a song? Do you just write as a vocalist? Do you focus on the melodies and the vocals and the hooks? Or do you actually work on the like a demo? and then let a producer kind of work out from there? Um, honestly, each situation is a little different. I do have my own little studio at home uh, for the sole purpose of practicing and writing and just brainstorming ideas. Sometimes I might have an idea for a song and I'll work it out. Um, I'll work the melody out on my keyboard and come up with an idea. Um, and I'll bring it to the studio to Dead Friend and I'll say like, hey, this is what I have. What do you think? Or sometimes, you know, if I'm really feeling something, I'll record a quick demo and I'll send it over to him. And, you know, he'll t he'll take the, the project from there and just kind of do what he does with it. Um, but he and I have a very strong working relationship where a lot of our creation happens in the studio. Um, we work out of Garnish Recording Studio in Hollywood. And a lot of our writing process is just meeting up talking about what we want to write about and he'll work on the production I'll work on the songwriting sometimes we'll work on the songwriting together sometimes you know I'm I'm directing what sound I want or what instruments I want it it, it changes all the time for us but um that's interesting so do you find that you actually um have a better like uh working um session when you actually are physically in the same space or do you find that it doesn't really matter that you can work kind of remote? Do you physically have to be in the studio to really get something done? Or can you work something out kind of without being in the studio? I've definitely worked things out by myself at home without being in the studio. But there is just, for me personally, there is just some type of magic 
when you can be face to face with the person you're creating with and really vibe off of each other and just solve problems yeah. in the moment or, you know, talk about things in the moment. You don't have to wait or you don't have to guess is he going to like this or is she going to like this? You know, you're, when you're there in person, you can see if somebody is feeling something, you know, it's just like a, a band yeah. jam session. You, you yeah, can it's like, feel yeah. when the guitar player is playing something and as a drummer, you just want to go with it. And there's just something so special about that feeling. So I, I personally do enjoy being in the studio to create. Um, but like I said, it, it just kind of depends on the nature of the song and the idea. Yeah, because the modern technology, you can do a lot. I mean, I've actually collaborated with artists, like, in California, and I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> I've collaborated <laughs> with artists in Sweden, and I live, you know, in, they're, they're in Sweden. Um, so, yeah, the, because of the technology, you know, you can get a track, and then you can, you know, have a conference call, and you can go back and forth, even virtually, and still get stuff done. But I, I come from the days back in the 70s where I was in a, you know, garage or a basement with a full rock band. And we were writing by just rolling like an, a, a track, you know, a task M, four tracker. And then we go back through two hours worth of tape looking for the hooks. <laughs> and we found that that kind of recording was very honest. It's kind of like the punk aesthetic. You know, if you like bands like The Clash or The Sex Pistols and stuff like that, that's kind of where you get that kind of raw power in that you, you play. And then you figure out stuff by, by, by practicing and by being together. So, yeah, I can understand both ways. Oh, uh, yeah. Multiple, very, multiple now ways I think about it, I'm very old school. <laughs> I'm learning this right now. I'm a, Apparently, I'm very old school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of people that do that. Because a lot of people you talk to, I mean, I've talked to, like, DJs, like DJ Lanata and, you know, all these, like, uh, EDM DJs, and they can work things out, you know, globally. They, they'll get somebody, you know, we working with somebody in South Africa. He'll be working with somebody in London and like they never even met. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is the way the world is now. But I, I do personally love working with a real drummer or a guitar player. Um, and so, yeah, having a studio session where you're actually with, you know, that somebody who's on the bass or on the drums is nothing like that. I think you always end up creating something different than what you anticipated. Oh, yeah. And your demo amazing. can become something else, you know. <laughs> and it's amazing how other people. Oh, I lost you there for a second. Uh, I think the signal dropped out a little bit. Hello, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, your signal dropped for a second. I don't know if you're in a dead space or something. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, uh, yeah, just repeat what you were just saying. Oh, I was just saying how uh, it's just amazing how uh, somebody else and their influence can take your idea and make it so much bigger than you ever imagined that idea to be in in the first place. And, you know, there's sometimes they offer advice or they uh, offer an energy and it inspires you to turn what you originally had into something so much bigger. And, yeah, you know, like I said, there's just a magic in that. And I, I personally, I love that. That's my favorite thing about creating music. It's how it translates to people. Yeah, I always thought it was really interesting, you know, because as, as a, you know, producer myself, I have all these drum, I have like 808s and, you know, classic drum machines. But, you know, I, I always, I, I'll take a drum pattern I created. And if I give it to a real drummer, they were like, do something that you know they heard what i did 
and then because they're a professional drummer, they bring something to the table that I couldn't even have like imagined, and it was like rework it. And sometimes that that you what your demo becomes after you bring it to like you did your bass line, but a, a bass player plays your bass line, and then they put their feeling into it, and so it becomes a totally you know different thing. The, the interpretation of another artist, you know, kind of moves the piece forward and that's always been very I always love that when I can do that it's not all me <laughs> um, oh yeah no me too it yeah it's it's fun at the end of the day it's just fun really yeah you know? I think yeah it's just interesting what you can do today you know when you're collaborating with people is this like there's nothing like like having a true collaboration so I've, I've i totally appreciate when you're working with a producer and i've talked to bands you know where you know they everybody in the band is contributing to a project um you know it's kind of like that's really old school <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah if you, i've talked to like punk rockers and you know indie rockers that still play like you know their their heroes are like radiohead and you know wilco and u2 and they still record kind of like the old-fashioned way of kids jamming out and then figure out what they do with it um yeah it's just interesting where you can go with music today so i think it's it, it, what's really cool is I, i've actually talked to more female singer songwriters on this program and the 30 artists i've interviewed probably 80 percent artists i've talked to are are women artists wow and it seems like that's really an indie space that's where a lot of cool stuff is happening so yeah, I mean, there, I mean, I've talked to some, you know, traditional kind of rock bands, like, you know, male-centered rock bands, but they're not, they're kind of few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that there's a new trend compared to when I was growing up in the 70s, like all the bands were all, you know, male-centered bands. So it's it's interesting. I think it's kind of cool. They, they have different points of view coming through. Oh, yeah. And honestly, that's what excites me the most about the future of music is that right now, one right now is the best time to be an independent artist there have never been more resources available to us to be able to go out and create our own our own sounds our own images our own brands and to you know really be the ceos of our music and especially for women we we have so much power right now we don't need a label a lot of us um I've heard horror stories about the music industry where, you know, females go in expecting to be a certain type of artist and then, you know, they sign a contract or they, they get a deal and all of a sudden they are transformed into somebody that, they, that they're not. And we don't really have to deal with that anymore. If we don't want to, we have the power to speak for ourselves. We have the power to do a lot of things that women in music say 30 years ago couldn't do or you know the opportunities are there for us right now and it's really exciting yeah. for me as a woman and a female artist but also just it, it's a beautiful thing to see to see the social elements of music also starting to change yeah i've talked to like several artists that have kind of gone through that. i talked to a band um a group of fr a french duo uh two sisters called the soap girls and they were on the label when they were like in their 17, 18 years old. And the label tried to turn them into what they thought they should be. And then they rebelled and they broke out of the contract. And now they're fully indie and they're touring the whole world. Wow. Uh, and they, they totally remade their image and did what they wanted. Um, 
And then I talked to Sarah Gibson and she had the same thing. She was brought in into Nashville. They had this whole thing. They wanted to turn her into a, into a whole, like a Taylor Swift. And then she didn't want to do that. And then she broke out of it. And then she's now she's doing dark pop. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, they, there's a lot of stories that, you know, the 30 people I've talked to, like they, they're all kind of going that direction where, you know, I, I was looking at labels or I did a label and then I didn't like what they were doing and I went indie. And that's why we like to talk to indie artists all over the world on this program to give the indie artists a platform uh, to, to show what they're doing and to get their music out there uh, without making them pay for it. And, Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And just, yeah. just because we just, you know, we're artists ourselves, you know, we, we've, we've got a distribution deal uh, with a, re- a label, but we, we have a distribution deal. So they just do, they put out whatever we, we, we create. And so we're able to do what we want. They don't kind of tell us what to do, but um, yeah. And then I found this podcast and there's another way to push my material and then push other people's material and kind of push it forward. But we, we were really happy to have you on the program. When your album comes out, we have had people on the broadcast three, four times and we've had people come and do album release episodes where they talk about each track. So if you're interested and doing that for your new album when it comes when it hits um, we could we could do that when it, it fits your schedule oh yes i would love to be back on i i will send you all the information on the release including dates and stuff so that way we can coordinate something i, I would that would be amazing i appreciate that yeah so we can do an episode that this must be love ep and we'll do it and uh, we'll push that out we're gonna push out that you you have a show at the whiskey a go-go on november 13th Everybody should Thanks. go see you. Everybody go see Luna. And when her yeah. album comes out, make Come sure you da- download it <laughs> and buy the merch. If you're selling t-shirts, buy whatever you have. Uh, we're always telling people that, you know, you have to support the artists you love. So make sure you support them in every way possible. Um, because sometimes people think music's free and it's not exactly free. <laughs> no, it's not. Especially for um, us artists. Nothing's free. <laughs> yeah, starving artists, we kind of need to pay for the microphone <laughs> yeah we need to pay for everything yeah all right so um, thank you i'm trying to cut you short because you said you uh only had so much time but um yeah we're going to publish this we'll send the links out and very appreciative that you came on the program and hope everybody um listens to luna go on all the streaming services we're going to put the links on so have a great night thank you so much i appreciate you guys having me and to everyone listening thank you okay thank you very much we'll talk to you again Great.